On this week's Jeep Talk Show, we're going to hear about what Jeep has planned for the final days of the Wrangler JK. And the U.S. Congress has just passed a bill that will help keep trails open for us wheelers. Nikki G gives us his version of holiday wishes. We'll play your voicemails and answer your Jeep questions as well. And Tammy's got a must-have item for all us Jeepers. Tammy's going to be talking winter moths to the Wrangler. Tony's talking recovery points, and I'll be talking junkyard upgrades for your TJ. On this, our 257th episode of the Jeep Talk Show. This episode of the Jeep Talk Show is sponsored in part by Brawl Bright Performance Off-Road Lighting. Are your aux lights not showing you the road or trail at night? Get some of the brightest and best uh, made lights on the market today at crawlbright.com and start seeing what you've been missing. That's crawlbright.com. Also brought to you in part by Little Passenger Seats. Have you ever wished you could add additional seating to your Jeep's cargo space? With a Little Passenger Seat along with their do-it-yourself install kit, you can easily increase your Jeep seating capacity. Want to learn how? Well, it's simple. Visit littlepassengerseats.com for more information. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And breathe. First week in G. Well, the JK is going to go out with a bang. No, don't worry. There's not one last final recall that they're just waiting to spring on you guys. But we all know that the 2017 Wrangler will be the final year. Well, 2017 will be the final year of the, of the JK Wrangler. As the new 2018 models, well, they're likely to go into production the first quarter of next year. So Jeep is stretching out consumer interest in the outgoing JK Wrangler by offering a number of special edition packages over the next year or so while consumers await the arrival of the redesigned JL Wrangler in the second half of 2017. Well, the first two limited runs, the 2017 Wrangler Sport Freedom Edition and 2017 Wrangler Sahara Winter Edition, are first up on the block. Only this month were dealers not only aware of the availability, but also what the special trims will include. Of course, this means that there are virtually zero pictures released of yet, released yet of what these will actually look like. So for our live studio audience, hey, there they are. Well, the images you see are just artist renditions. The Freedom <laughs> Edition will come with Freedom Star hood and rear fender decals, an American flag driver side and front fender decal, and other unique interior and exterior badging. It also feature 18-inch Sahara mid-gloss granite crystal wheels, a new rear heavy-duty cast differential cover, black fuel filler cover, and tail lamp guards. The sticker price will be around $30,690 for the two-door Sport Freedom Edition and $34,590 for the four-door Wrangler Unlimited Sport Freedom Edition. Now, the Wrangler Sahara Winter Edition rather features new LED headlamps and fog lamps, standard remote start with automatic transmissions only, of course, premium off-road rock rails, and standard hardtop with optional body color matching. It, too, comes with hood, driver's side fender, and rear fender decals, along with other special badging accents. Sticker price will be $37,440 for the two-door and $41,240 for the four-door Sahara Winter Edition. Both these first special editions go on sale in December with the Freedom Edition running only until February and the Winter Edition scheduled to run until May. And just for Tammy here, I was able to find an artist rendition in purple even. Yay. Now, the, moves <laughs> the moves follow Jeep's tradition of using limited edition models to keep a demand for a model that's, well, either due for mothballs or on its way to a new design. Let's keep that demand nice and strong. Wrangler sales in U.S. have been on the decline lately for the first time since the Great Recession. 
I myself await, uh, am, I am waiting to getting uh, wait to get getting to see a new generation of Wrangler in person, just as the rest of consumers await what promises to be a more fuel efficient but still capable replacement for the off roader. All right, moving on, guys. Congress actually passes a bill to improve trail maintenance and preservation. Congress actually did something this week and sent a bill to President Obama that would improve access to America's national forests through better trail maintenance and preservation. Something that's, well, just about every off-roader enthusiast can out there, I think, can get behind and support. Yeah, it's called the National Forest System Trail Stewardship Act. And instead of clogging the system up with more red tape and additional government, the act would make better use of existing resources within the Forest Service to significantly increase the role of volunteers and partners in maintaining the usability and sustainability of the National Forest Trail System. Now, you want to hear something that's going to blow your ever-loving Jeep, ever-Jeep-loving mind? Well, legislators in both houses passed the bipartisan bill unanimously. I think that alone is cause for celebration. The National, Forest, yeah, right. the National Forest Service currently maintains only one quarter of the 158,000 miles of National Forest trails that offer hiking, horseback riding, hunting, mountain biking, motorized vehicle access, and other outdoor activities. Through pub, Although public use remains high, close to two-thirds of the nation's trails don't ever receive any maintenance whatsoever because our Forest Service simply lacks the resources to keep up with the demand. The act would expand the number of trails that could be maintained by requiring a national strategy to maximize the use of volunteers and partners while addressing liability concerns that would restrict outside groups and individuals working on the trails. In a nutshell, they're going to reduce red tape, and that means more off-roading for you and me. Bill also directs a study on utilizing fire crews for maintenance work during off-seasons uh, off and a study on permits for the outfitters and guides to offset some fees through work on trail maintenance. The legislation is aimed at empowering volunteers in their desire and effort to restore our national trail system. That's work in my book, good work in my book. It also explores utilizing fire crews during the off-season, letting outfitters work off some of their fees and trail maintenance. I think this is a step, guys, in the right direction to keeping our public and national lands open for recreational use. You guys have a response to this story or any one of our stories, or hey, if you got something you think we should be reporting on, by all means, send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. I think that's a really good idea. I'm sure there are so many Jeep groups out there that would love to come help. Oh, well, there is a big stewardship here in Oregon with the off-road trail system, especially right around here in the Pacific Northwest or in the uh, in the Portland metro area, rather. Um, there's a lot of off-road clubs uh, per capita around here, and a lot of them really get involved with the Oregon Department of Forestry to help keep our public lands open for, for trail use. Now, we've developed over the years a good stewardship with several key individuals in the, in the ODF, and what this enabled us to do is sort of work with them around like forest operations and rock harvesting operations and stuff like that to eliminate or reduce trail closures and, and improve trail maintenance through stewardship and volunteership. This sounds like Congress is basically just taking a play out of the Northwest playbook and what we're already what we already have been doing for many years and adopting it to a national platform, a national uh, scope, if you will. And and really, you know, trying to make this kind of stewardship and, and partnership with off-roaders and, and the people who, who own and maintain the land and making sure that everybody can get in and get involved and help out to keep everything open. And that's, it's just a win-win in my book. Yeah, I don't see any reason why this uh, this hasn't been this way for a long time. I guess it doesn't matter as long as it's happening now. 
Well, and, the reason is red tape. I mean, it's been clogged up. And one of the things that they're they're trying to eliminate here is the liability concerns. Because they, they well, if somebody comes out in the forest and sprains their ankle while picking up litter, we don't want to be liable. So, you know, they're they're trying to address those kinds of concerns when you have a large group, when a lot more people volunteering in to maintain something like trail systems. Well, you're going to put yourself into some precarious positions. You're using heavy equipment, tools, stuff. I mean, there's definitely going to open the door for possible injuries and so you know mitigating the liability aspect of that is is definitely one big part of this yeah so you guys need to do your part and uh, when you see people out there uh over indulging in alcohol and throwing their cans here and there and just making a general nuisance out of themselves uh say something to them uh please I mean, just as a group because uh, we don't want any fights going on but just as a group just make sure everybody understands it's not uh it's not cool because we would like to have We'd like to keep uh, having these things happen uh, for all off-roaders so that we can enjoy our country. And, yeah. you know, so it, it's it's just a win-win, I think. Uh, you can drink at home. Do that, uh, right. do that on or your own Or back time. of the campfire. I mean, you know. Yeah, it, exactly. I always say, guys, you know, if you pack it in, pack it out. And that's what the, a lot of this is all about. So I just want to remind you guys about our survey. Uh, take a moment to go over there and do our survey at jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. We're just collecting some information uh, about who listens to the show and, uh, you know, where you live, what uh, part of the country you're in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So just take a moment, uh, maybe two minutes of your time. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What do you talk about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, boys! I'm Clyde, and this is Tommy. From the Run House! You're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. Cheers! You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. You are indeed, and the Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. If you'd like to learn more about what that is and what it can offer you, what it can do for you, and how to improve your life, well, just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, and Trail Chasers podcast, and you'll, of course, find us there, too. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. So Tony and Josh, it looks like old man winter has arrived. Well, at least for my friends up in North Dakota. They're calling it Winter Storm Blanche, Ooh. I believe. Yeah. They name winter storms now, by the way. Oh, I didn't know um, that. Yeah, they have about two to three feet of snow has fallen in North and South Dakota. So I guess it's time to start thinking about our winter Jeep Wrangler or Jeep Cherokee or Jeep, whatever Jeep you have, modifications. And I guess for those Jeepers up in the North, you might be a tad late. But hey, you drive a Jeep. Do we really need those winter modifications? (laughs) Well, these modifications are just a great addition to help you get through this season just a little easier And the number one modification are tires. 
Winter driving in the ice and snow takes good driving skills. And you know what? I bet you, Tony, you don't have any of these driving skills at all. Um, anyway, this is um, this and good winter snow and ice tires go hand in hand. So first, you need to make sure your tires aren't old and bald. This will cause you to slide on the snow and ice no matter how careful you are. In snow country, you will want snow tires and these are tires with thicker treads or even studded tires. They provide you with additional grip when stopping and accelerating. And I am really excited this winter to try out my new Goodyear Duratrax that I got in June when I lifted my Jeep. You're going to um, love them. I'm told from many, many, many people out there that these are one of the best tires in snow and ice conditions. So I'm going to keep you posted on how they do. Hopefully we get some snow this year. Um, the number two modification would be the hard top. Now, soft top Wrangler covers are great for those warm, sunny days. But when it comes to cold, some of you might be looking for a hard top or putting your hard top back on. Now, for those places that have extremely cold temperatures, a good hard top will provide a solid, solid seal and keep the cold outside. It also keeps the moisture from building up and holds up in extremely cold conditions. When getting out your factory hardtop or buying a new one or a used one, I would suggest you inspect it for cracks in the seal and other damage on the hardtop. These cracks will let the cold air and moisture from the snow in, and it could cause your heater to run for longer periods of time, which causes fuel economy and additional wear and tear. And you can also pick up extra weather stripping to replace the old cracked and weather strips um, weathered strips from a Jeep dealer or a local hardware store. As for me, I'm going to be skipping this modification. Um, first of all, because I like to put my top down in the middle of winter sometimes when I get um, that Jeep bug. <laughs> and I feel the Jeep heater does just fine when I'm out and about. And I'm not really concerned about fuel economy. And my Jeep is protected from the snow for the most part. And because I park it in the garage. So the number three modification is a grill guard. Now, I was always wondered what the purpose of these were. Um, I see them all over. I was like, God, are those vehicles getting ready to ram each other? Um, anyway, <laughs> get the hose. it's not a pardon. I said, get the hose. <laughs> yeah. It's not just to make my Jeep look cool, but it's for protection. In the winter, there's going to be a point when you'll slip and slide while you're driving your Jeep. It could be just a minor slide or a 360-degree circle, which I have done. And sometimes that's really fun. But at other times, um, you could cause damage by running into a fence, a tree, the ditch, or another car could be doing the slipping and sliding dance and damage the front end of your Jeep. So they're for protection of your grill. And also it helps you um, if you're in an accident. Um, number four, the four-wheel drive tune-up. Now, if you haven't engaged your four-wheel drive in a while or ever, shame on you, <laughs> um, you might want to test it out. Um, better yet, if you are not very mechanically inclined, I suggest you go to a mechanic and maybe get a tune-up. And the number five modification are tire chains. Now, this depends on where you live because in some states they aren't permitted um, but it's good to keep this a set of chains in your winter toolbox. It could be helpful. They 
give you added traction, and which is key to winter driving. And I remember growing up, my dad used to use these from time to time on our car. So they work pretty good if you are allowed to use them in your state. So whether you get an inch of snow or several feet, it pays to be prepared. And don't forget that emergency kit for your Jeep as well. Depending on where you live and what kind of weather you get will determine what you put in your kit. Some things that I have in mind are mine are a shovel, emergency blanket, hand warmers, flashlight, emergency signals, jumper cables, kitty litter. This helps for traction to put under your tires. My off-road recovery kit, a hat, mittens, extra socks, and extra food and water. And Tony, one thing that I think you should add to your winter kit is sunscreen absolutely yeah. being down here in southeast texas that will be uh, what we That's need in the winter time yep so uh, folks anything you would like to add to share about the winter driving or anything jeep related wrangler related i'd love to hear from you you can go over to jeeptalkforum.com and it's a new form that we created just for you it's not a typical form there are no dumb questions, no flaming, and we don't tell you to go to Google. We help you with the answers. And you can find out more about all our stories and information we share with you here on the Jeep Talk Show. That's jeeptalkform.com. Or you can just shoot me an email at info at jeeptalkshow.com and use the subject line Wrangler Talk. Yeah, uh, let me ask you a question, Tammy. You mentioned the heater and fuel economy. Now, I don't know about the Wrangler, but on the Cherokee and the TJ, the heater is technically always on because it uses the engine cooling system. So the only change is, is that you either open or close a door uh, inside the, the venting system to d- redirect that heating through, uh, the, uh, uh, through your dash into the vehicle. So, well, uh, part of it is part of it's the compressor, Tony. If you're running defrost, then you know it's the the little you know it looks like a window symbol with uh, lines going up it. You know, if no. you're running that, that's, that's the, bacon. The by the way, going to automatically kick on the AC compressor to reduce the amount of moisture in the air. Yeah, it's but not, that's but that's not, not the heater. That's not the heater per se. She's talking about winter. Yeah, time. it is. No, it no, is. no. I'm saying if you're running the heat. And, yes. you're, and you're trying to run, trying yes. to get, hang on, I, I, hang on I know a second. Everybody hang on. thinks of the AC compressor and thinks of it automatically Josh, as blowing. Hang cold on a air. second. I'm talking about the heater whenever you're cold in the wintertime. I'm not talking yeah, about so defrosting the windshield. Well, I mean, a lot of people use de- the, the, I'm not talking about the rear defrost. Not, I, I'm not, not the electronic either. one in the rear window. I'm talking about the, I'm talking about when you turn on the fan inside the vehicle. I understand. If you have it, if you have it on defrost. I understand. Which a lot of people use it, ha- almost always keep and it I'm on talking the, about defrost the and, and heat. When you're running the heater, the right. cooling system is what you're getting is the heat from. Except if you're, if, unless <clears throat> your, your selector is on any kind of a defrost setting. Right. So my selector, I have like, uh, I'd have to go look at it for sure, like four or five different. I can do right. heat on the floor, heat on the floor in the vents, or I can do vents in the defroster, right. or I can do just the froster. It's just a little. They bring in yeah, the, it's they bring in the AC converter, I mean the AC compressor, whenever they're trying to drive the humidity out of the air. So it'll actually defrost the windshield. So only whenever it's in the, the, the windshield defrost mode. This one it uses or the, the AC compressor. defrost heat mode when it's splitting between the, the windshield and the floor. 
And, and it doesn't matter if you're blowing cold air or hot air. If you're on that selection, the AC compressor is going to be running. And that will affect your gas mileage. Right. But it doesn't if you're just running the heater. Can we agree on that? Well. The AC compressor does not run. You're not doing anything. You're not requiring anything from the engine other than it may be working harder to keep the coolant warm because the coolant is going to be getting a little less cool as you're uh, radiating that heat into the cargo uh, area, passenger and cargo area. Anyway, I thought I'd mention to you, Tammy, that it, it unless it, they do something different with the Wrangler, which I don't think they do, uh, you don't use any additional um, gasoline to run the heater. With the caveat that Josh was mentioning, if, if you're doing something with uh, drying the air using the AC compressor. Everybody's stunned. No, I'm, I'm like looking it up. I, I think a lot of, I think there's a big confusion here with, with uh, some nomenclature because the, the heater is, is not a separate device. The, the heater yeah. is, is part of the HVAC system of the vehicle. And the heater, if you have the, if you, well, the heater is only a heater if you have it, you know, on the plus side of, of, of cool. Yeah, and there's it a starts mixing in hot water. And, and so then it's heating the air, essentially. So there's no, there's no heater like you would have, like, you know, screwed into your wall or what you have plugged into the wall underneath your desk at, at work. It's not a heater per se. There's no electronic elements or anything like that. Yeah, it's just and, the engine. And so the, the nomenclature is, you know, defrost would be what it blows on your window. And, and heater is what used, what used to be referred to as when it blew air down on your feet. And then vent was if it was blowing out at your face. And those are pretty much the only three selections that you have on your heater. Now, there are combinations thereof. And what I was saying is any time you have it in that, in that you know, defrost setting or defrost and heat, regardless of what the temperature setting is, the AC compressor is going to be running. So, you know, you could be heating the vehicle and using the heater, as it were, and the AC compressor would be running and well, it would let me affect ask you, your gas mileage. Let me ask you this, because this, yeah. this is worth an hour worth of show. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this. When you guys use the heater, uh, you know, because you're, you're cold and you're trying to warm up, um, do you put it on defrost? I put mine on heater. And the only time I so use you, defrost so is if I'm just trying to. blowing on your feet then. Uh, well, no, I actually use the, that the main be, vent. When you say, when you say, when you put it on heater, that would be only blowing on your feet going by the standard automotive nomenclature for how the well, HVAC I'm, system I'm blends the about, air. I'm talking about the XJ and you can, you can select vent or vent feet. Okay. So when you're, or, when or your dial feet. is all the way over to the right, Tony, that's full defrost. And when you go to the next counterclockwise position over that is defrost and heat. And in any of those two settings, the AC compressor is going to be running. It will also be running yeah, in the no. AC settings all the way to the left. No, I understand how the defrost works, and I understand when the okay. AC's on. You can hear it cycling. So uh, regardless, but of I'm where talking your about whenever I have it. Is, this is regardless but, of where your is, temperature setting is. But this is don't no, I understand? Okay. <laughs> one with the AC on, on the cool setting, you're going to be getting you know cool cool air, and the other one you're just going to get the drying. Actually, I guess you do get a little cool air from it, but not as much because you're. Uh, you're using the blend door there. But anyway, what I was trying to say is, is that whenever I'm running a heater in, in the Jeep, when I'm cold, I don't put it on defrost unless the windshield needs to be cleared mm. of, of frost. So in my mind, I'm running the heater to warm me up and everything inside the vehicle. Sometimes yeah, I, I turn it to defrost when I get my feet get too hot. Oh, yeah. Or 
like if it's the if I have an event, sometimes the air dries my contacts out, and I oh, don't yeah. want it to get too cold. Mm. I still want the heat to blow. And yeah. if you put it under frost, it blows up, and it's not like making it too hot. Yeah. So I, th- I was thinking it might be just a different style of how we all do the right. heating thing. That's the reason why you were uh, no, going towards that, the every defrost. Vehicle has a, every vehicle has a heater core, and they all operate the same way. Okay, good. So anyway, I thought that I'd mention that t- to you, Tammy, that if you've got it on heater and you're not running the AC compressor okay, as I in didn't defrost, know that. yeah, uh, just, I thought I would uh, share that with you and anybody else in the audience that wasn't aware that because the, the heating element is the engine. It's the cooling system. So the engine's running anyway. So you're just tapping off of some of that heating that's going through the radiator. It, it actually gets plumbed through a, radi- uh, a, a heater core inside your dash. Well, here, um, Steve just said the newer the vehicle, the more likely the compressor will run in any HVAC function. Oh, now that's interesting. And that is not so the way instance, it is for the our, XJ. Our 2006 uh, Toyota Camry that's sitting out in the driveway pretty much has the compressor running no matter what. Well, that sucks. You would think they wouldn't do that for, for well, fuel consumption. It, yeah, except compressor technology has come around to the point of where it doesn't put as much of a draw on the engine as it used to. I mean, oh. hell, I, I, I throw the AC compressor on on the, uh, on the 1996 Honda Accord that I drive and I mean, the RPMs drop by about 800. So, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's a big difference in, in just the way that the mechanics run. All right. Well, uh, anyway, interesting information. And uh, sorry, I didn't mean to be, belabor the point. I just wanted to make sure that we weren't giving out uh, uh, wrong information about it using more uh, fuel, uh, hurting your fuel economy when you run the heater. Only in certain circumstances, certainly when the AC compressor is on. And it probably doesn't pull as much uh just using it for uh, removing the humidity from the air, I'm thinking, but maybe not. Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? Darryl, I think you ought to keep that rig at the mall. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you got Dana 60s and 40s. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can use them with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with a tank big old tires and a lighter. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys are getting to give me a beer. Well, you know what, folks? We love reviews, but sometimes we don't see them. That's right. We have a five-star rating average on iTunes, which is pretty good, with over 75 reviews. That's great. And we appreciate every single one of them. But we need more Jeepers. We're looking to break that 100 mark before the end of the year. I know, it's a lofty goal. But with your guys' help, we can make it happen. Now, if you haven't left us a review yet, please head to iTunes now and give us a five-star review. Leave us a comment. All you got to do is say hi, nothing more, and be sure to do what you can to get a friend to do the same. So dig out those embarrassing pics from college. Call in a favor. Pull some strings. So if all else fails, bribe them. It's okay. It's a tax write-off, right? No? (laughs) No. no. Either way. Sure. (laughs) The Jeep Dog Show. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey Jeepers, this is uh, Rob from Antonio, Texas. Hey guys, it's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey guys, this is Cody from Indiana. Hello Chief Talk Show crew, this is FJ Rick. Hi guys, this is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell, is he naked or homeless? Hey guys, this is Ron out in Arizona. Hey, what's up? Jeep Talk Show, this is Jason, Oregon Trail Off-Road. Hi. This is Jake from California. 
and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. Hey, this is uh, PAG Freak. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, Secretary Jake Collin. This is John, pre-runner in and on today's Radio Context segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, an anal probe restraint system. No! No, no, that's not right. We love our listeners. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good, because I can... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! So what we're going to talk about here is a little bit of a focus on the Wrangler TJ and uh, how you can, well, do some upgrades with very little money. We're going to talk about junkyard upgrades. Now, obviously, the junkyards are probably not exactly the ideal place you want to be this time of year, but at least you can kind of get some planning going and do some research and stuff and, well, maybe get a plan of action set up for next spring when things start to thaw out, dry out a little bit, and, well, you can get into the junkyards and get some of this good stuff. Now, if you're on a budget and looking to do some upgrades to your Wrangler TJ, well, then we've got a few options here for you. Now, there's a lot more stuff available for, like, the Grand Cherokees and Cherokees in the junkyards, but we can't ignore the TJs. And, of course, you know, the CJs and, and the YJs and stuff as well. Some of the stuff will work across platforms, but I really want to focus on just the TJs this week. Now, what are we talking about here? We're talking about stuff that you can go down to any wrecking yard, pull out of any of these specific vehicles, and virtually bolt them in into your TJ or get them in there with very little modification whatsoever. Well, let's say you want to do a budget lift on your TJ. There's a way that you can do that using ZJ coils. That's right, the spring coils out of a Grand Cherokee. I will give you about three inches of lift up in the front. And if you were looking for a little bit more in the rear, well, I hear that um, the, um, uh, where they go, the, uh, uh, the Crown Victoria, that's what they are, the Crown Vic Springs, will lift up the back inches, about, back about three inches or so. Some people are saying two and a half. Some people are saying three and a half. I'm going to say go for three inches. Uh, I hear the ones from a police interceptor model actually are a little bit stiffer. So uh, that might actually be something you want to look for. Um, also, I hear that ZJ rear coils might be able to work as well, but I'm getting some mixed reviews on that as far as whether or not the inner diameter will actually clear the spring puck or not. So um, you're, you know, want to do some research on that as well. Um, to bu- beef up the steering, of course, the infamous Durango steering box swap is a great option. Uh, looking for the steering box out of a 1998 or 1999 Durango uh, with obviously power steering and the non-snow plow option. Uh, that will definitely beef you up with a bigger steering box, can hold a little bit more fluid, bigger gears, and a little bit quicker of a ratio. Um, also, uh, the alternator will come out of, uh, that comes out of Durango. You can get up to about a 210 amp version of that to bolt right up into your TJ. Um, there may be some clearance uh, issues that you have to work with uh, to get that to fit. I've heard there's some be some very very minor grinding on the edge of the block. We're talking less than an eighth of an inch of material removed here, so not really that big of a deal. Now, uh, as far as, uh, let's say you've lifted up the Jeep quite a bit and you're looking for a little bit of a drop Pittman arm, but you don't want to drop, you know, 40, 50, 60 bucks on one. I hear the ZJ or the XJ stock Pittman arms equal out to about a four inch drop for the TJs. Um, I haven't really verified this 100% yet, but I have seen several sources that say ZJ and XJ Pittman arms work on the TJs as a drop option. Um, if you're looking to upgrade some of the electronics, well, the intermittent wiper switch from a Cherokee or a Dodge Neon actually will fit into your Wrangler if it wasn't equipped with that option. From what I hear, it's a direct bolt-in option as well, meaning you just unplug the old one, plug in a new one. Um, now we're going to get into some uh, bigger stuff here. This one will inquire, require uh, a little bit more of a mechanical aptitude, if you will. 
Let's say you want to do an axle swap. Well, that Dana 35 in the back of that TJ ain't going to cut it. So what are we going to put in there? How about an 8.8 .8 out of a 1995 to 2001 Ford Explorer or Mountaineer? Uh, those will go into, of course, the TJ, the XJ, even a YJ and a ZJ as well. Now, it will require some modifications. You're going to have to do some work to the leaf perches and some other small items. But really, there's a lot of aftermarket support for these things. It is a huge upgrade. It is basically about a good 50-60% stronger of an axle than that Dana 35. Some people would even say more. Now, if you're looking for more brakes, well, there is a ton of options for disc brake upgrades. Everything from ZJs to Patriots and beyond. Um, and so there's a lot of options there for you to upgrade the brakes. But you want to upgrade the entire brake system all at once you can pull out out of a Dodge 1500, the, the, a 2000 Dodge 1500, the pickup, uh, the pickup version, obviously, get the master brake cylinder out of that. It bolts directly in with no modifications into a TJ. It's a great upgrade, guys. Talk about a serious, massive upgrade to brake power. Uh, once again, the master cylinder out of a 2000 Dodge 1500. Um, this one's a little bit less junkyard, more parts store, but any early, early model Jeep owner should already be doing this. Use the Motorcraft FL1A oil filter. This is a larger oil filter, but it has the same thread size and pitch as the, as the 4 liter. Now, what this is going to do is create more surface area and add a little bit more oil capacity to your 4 liter engine. And, well, in anybody's book, that's a win-win. Guys, there is a lot more out there than this, and I'm sure you guys have some ideas and something out of your own experience or some of your own shade tree mechanic work as well. But if you have anything that you'd like to add to this list, well, send me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Or, hey, you can even give us a call, 530-675-4102. And, well, just leave a message that's three minutes or less, and we'll get it on the air. Hey, Josh, you mentioned uh, other small items for the uh, Ford 8.8. I was, uh, I think there was a, a conversation on Facebook or something the other day, and they were talking about going to the, the Ford 8.8, I think, for a TJ. Um, yeah. that one of those small items would be wheel spacers. Is that correct? Well, the 8.8 the .8 is a full one and a half inches shorter yeah. in, in width. And so, you know, what are we talking here? We're talking three quarters of an inch difference on each side. And now, if you're, you know, running 1250 tires, 1250 wide tires or wider, you know, this might not really be that big of a concern to you. It's not, might not, might not even be something that you're really going to notice a difference in. So, you know, how would you make that up? You know, three quarter inch spacers on either side or one inch spacers on either side. Not a bad option. I would I would say not really needed. Um, you know, if you're running, if you really, really want to to combat that, you know, I would say instead of using wheel spacers, just use a different offset or a backspacing mm. rather on the on the rear tires. Now, it's going to make things a little bit weird when you go to like swap out a spare or do your rotations and stuff like that. But, you know, if you're really that picky, well, I'm sure you could find a way around it. So there's no uh, there's no rubbing or anything that occurs. No, no, there's there no no okay. rubbing at all. And as far as articulation, everything like that goes, you can stuff them just as easily and whatnot. It is a very oh, okay. very common mod in both the XJs, the TJs, and the YJs to, to take that you know 1995 to 2001 Ford Explorer 8.8 .8 rear end. I've also heard there are some Ranger options out there, but they are extremely hard to find. They are rare as far as getting the right 8.8. .8 that and now guys, you can find these with disc brakes. For 10 gears, I mean, really, in, in, in a limited slip locker in some cases even, you can really do a massive upgrade all at once by just doing a junkyard axle upgrade. So uh, there's something, you know, a little something for you guys to, to chew on there. 
Have you ever done uh, welding on an axle, or maybe seen? Yes, it done? I have. I've I've done uh, spring perches and and uh, um, shock mounts and, and and stuff like that. I've uh, welded on my own axle, track bar mounts and and uh, pan hard bar mount. You know, stuff like that. I, I've done a lot of welding on axles. How how big a deal is that to actually weld stuff like the perches and stuff on the axle? It's not that big of a deal. You really you do kind of want to know what you're doing. If you aren't a skilled welder or you're just getting into welding, I would say this is a little bit beyond your skill level. Definitely get some more practice time, get some more seat time with that gun mm-hmm. and 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 really kind of hone your skills a little bit because there's a lot of tricks you have to go into that you have to take into consideration when welding on an axle. One of the things is heat considerations. Right. Axles are big metal guys. They are thick. And when you're talking about, you know, welding on some eighth inch or three sixteenths inch metal to a quarter inch thick axle tube or something like that, we're talking big, big metal differences here. And not only that, but we're talking mass differences as well. That bracket has a lot less mass than the entire axle. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, you know, one good tip is to preheat your welding area um, so that you can bring the heat of the axle tube up and let that, you know, the welding, um, the, the work, the heat work of the welding itself you know, you're going to lose some some uh, penetration by having that ha- using that to heat up your axle tube versus having it already heated up with a you know a little bit of a torch before you go in and, and start tacking things together. And uh, I, I'm I'm sorry, it's one more question. Do you have to remove the axles, uh, the uh, you know the inner axles to to weld on it, or is there enough uh, space and oil and stuff in there so that you don't really have to do that? Look, there there are also axle seals in the axle, and those are rubber. And right. uh, rubber does tend to get a little soft and kind of <laughs> start to you know misform and stuff when it gets right. too hot. I, I would say for the sake of of, of safety um, and, and everything else is to go ahead and and pop open that differential and and take your seals out. I mean, look, if you're going to be welding on an axle, anything shy of just tacking on. Um, you know, some some spring mount or um, some shock mounts or something like that. I, I would say that you want to have the axle out of the vehicle yeah. or at least have some really good precautions. I mean, if you're going to be welding on the rear axle of a vehicle, I mean, the gas tank is right there, guys. Yeah. And we have plastic gas tanks in a lot of Jeeps. So lots of hot sparks, hey. plastic gas tank. You do the math. So I guess the best thing to do is if you're going to be putting in a Ford 8.8 is uh, get that thing, stick it on a couple of... Uh, um, Jack stands. Yeah, jack stands and uh, mm-hmm. break it down and do what you need to do to it. Although, I guess you need to put the purchase on. Uh, well, there's a lot of 8.8 swap kits available out there from companies like Rough Stuff and Artec and, and Ballistic Fab. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You, get, right. you can get, I mean, all in one kits, everything that you need to shave and re, you know, reset up an 8.8 for whatever Jeep you're going to be putting it under. And, and it's all in one kit, and it's just, you buy this kit, it comes with all the tabs and everything else you need, and there's no cutting or anything else like that. You just got to, you know, cut off all the old stuff, obviously, uh, clean up the axle tube, and weld on the new stuff. So, but the positioning of the of the uh, the pads and stuff, can you do that outside of the vehicle? Mm, yeah. Yes and no. <laughs> Um, That's what I was thinking. You have to really understand what you're doing. I I would say you would have to have done this before. Yeah. Um, You would have to have a lot of figures on paper already. You know, that's not something that, I mean, what I would, how it's usually done is once once your axle is stripped and and it's ready to have stuff put back on it, you slide it under the vehicle, you kind of position it, you get it it centered with a plumb bob and measuring back and forth. And once it's centered under the vehicle, then you can start worrying about, okay, where are the leaf springs going to sit on this? 
What is the pinning angle got to be? You know, all that sort of stuff. And, and mm -hmm. so that's when you kind of set things up and then you tack it into place. You pull it back out of the vehicle and yeah. you burn everything in. Yeah. So this wouldn't be something that you'd probably be doing, um, um, getting it ready and just on a weekend swapping the axle out. Oh, yeah. If you got, if this is your daily forth. driver, yeah. no, this isn't going to be something that you're doing, you know, on a Sunday night. Yeah. This, that's not happening. This is going to be a weekend long um, event or longer. So if you're planning an axle swap like this, Onto, onto your daily driver, plan on the time frame involved in something like this. So definitely a lot that goes into it. Yeah, asking a lot of questions because uh, the TJ, I, d I don't like that Dana 35 that's in there. And uh, I'd love to put a Ford 8.8 in it. And uh, I just think it would be That would be uh, a good very, swap. Another another option would be the old Dana 44s out of um, uh, oh, out of a, an XA or an MJ. If you can find them, though, that's, the, that's the problem. Those are the unicorns in the junkyard. Yeah, that's I'll, why I didn't really bring that one up because, uh, you know, the moment those even get on the yard, they're already spoken for. So um, if you can find a, an MJ or an XJ Dana 44 in a junkyard, consider yourself extremely lucky. But the 8.8s are really cheap, aren't they? Like uh, the 8.25s and... Oh, you can get a Chrysler 8 and a quarter out of a, you know, out of an, uh, an older Cherokee, you know, either a 27 or a 29 spline, depending on what year it came out of. Uh, I've seen them on Craigslist for as low as 100 bucks. Yeah, but I mean, the 8.8s are about the same, aren't they? Eight points, eight points go a little bit more just because generally people know what's involved with these. They are a little bit more stronger of an axle. The four mm -hmm. to eight inches is a well sought after axle for a lot of hot rod applications as well. So just because of demand, um, the price is generally a little bit more. I've seen the, the four to eight inches go for around 250 and up. Oh, wow. Okay. So substantially. All right. Well, uh, thanks. I just had a couple of questions there about the No, not a problem at all like to do that i don't know if it'll ever happen it's uh it's not going off-road anyway but it sure would be nice not to have uh that you know if you wanted to go 35s or something on it or if you did want to take it off-road that would be one less thing to to have to worry about and indeed uh, although i know steve's out there you know yelling at the <laughs> <I> know, <Steve's laughs> out there. he's God yelling damn it. i've got a data 35 oh unless you uh, i don't know if you uh if you heard the last uh jeep talk call-in show but steve told us He's swapping out both axles on his uh, XJ. <gasps> no. <laughs> and it's not, it isn't true, Steve. And it's not the Chrysler 8.25 he's had, had in the garage. He's putting in Dana 44s front and rear. Oh, of course he is. Oh, don't, don't you just hate him? <laughs> 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 all right. Well, let's, uh, let's get over to some voicemails, Tammy. Hey, we love hearing from all of you. So be sure and call our voicemail at 530-675-4102. Or you can jump over to the website at jeeptalkshow.com and leave us a message. Just click on the leave voicemail button on the right-hand side of the screen. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do. So at the beep, leave your message. Now I'll just jump in here and mention we've got two weeks worth of voicemails here. We don't have a bunch of them. Uh, so don't everybody go get us something to drink. <laughs> but uh so if you see here some references to thanksgiving and stuff that's why hey chief talk show excuse um y'all had a good thanksgiving i was able to make it to texas and make it back safely in case anybody was wondering you know i got it <laughs> um so i wanted to ask y'all a little bit of festive uh holiday related question what was everybody's favorite dish this Thanksgiving? Mine was key lime pie. Mm. It was on point this year. Also, um, 
wanted to let y'all know if there's any trails here in Colorado y'all would like for me to go and hit. Uh, just let me know. All of them. And I'll see if I can <laughs> give y'all some more input on different things. All right. Uh, hope y'all are having good holidays. I hope y'all are safe on Friday and everybody made it home okay. Y'all take it easy now. Bye. I'll just throw this in here. Green bean casserole. Oh, I love green bean casserole. Yeah. I had about four days of green bean casserole. I was enjoying the hell out of that stuff. <laughs> Mine is French silk chocolate pie. I know yeah, I want to answer his uh, his question really quick about off roading in Colorado. Uh, oh, one of the on. one of the <laughs> places I I have a destination point in Colorado. I'm trying to get to one of these years. Um, wagon wheel. It's probably oh, one of the more famous of ones. If you haven't been on that one yet, I, I would say it's definitely one of those destination points in Colorado for off roading. Uh, I hear some of the scenic, uh, some of the scene, the views, the vistas there are just unparalleled to anything else in this country. Yeah, I don't know why Texas is so such a great state. I don't know why we don't have all those views and scenes. And there's so many in in California. What's that one, Tammy? That uh, that scared the hell out of you? I think uh, CPO went down. What was it? Bear Pass oh, or the, in Colorado, Black yeah. Bear Pass. Back Black Bear oh, Pass. Oh my God! Oh yeah. There's video right. of. Some guy going down it, and you can hear his wife or girlfriend or mom or whoever in the passenger seat just freaking out. You know, I keep forgetting about it, but I have a video uh, that uh, some folks over at JCR uh, put these people onto us, uh, JCR Off-Road. I have a video of a rented, I I can't remember if it's a Grand Cherokee or the new Cherokee going down Black Bear Pass that I keep forgetting to show here on the show. Rented. There's no way I could Did do I mention it, it was rented? <laughs> oh, jeez. Now that dollar insurance will come in real handy. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, let's get to our next uh, Goose uh, voicemail. And this one is uh, uh, after Thanksgiving. Hey, Tony, Josh, Tammy, it's Goose. Um, I forgot to let y'all know last night I actually got a new, uh, new thing for my Jeep. It's a uh, rust up cargo net. I wanted to let y'all know this thing is awesome. Um, I put it in because I go down some pretty steep bank lines and I'd really hate it if something from the back of my XJ decided to come flying towards yes. the front if I decided to mess up on uh, one of those declines um, and hit my me or my dog in the back of the head. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's uh, like a cargo net. Like you'll see um, on some of the Jeeps, they'll have like those, uh, those, those square nets, almost like a race car window net. And it, uh, it bolts in four places uh, where the back seat mounts to the mounts to the body of the Jeep, and it also is secured behind the torque bolts where the seat belts are secured at the top of the, the headliner. And this thing is actually really awesome. I, I, uh, I usually keep an axe in the back, and uh, uh, eventually whenever I decide to invest in a high lift jack i'll have that back there i have a lot of heavy recovery gear in one big bag and that thing's pretty heavy as well and i have all that secured down but you never know what can happen back there whenever you're not paying attention um but i took a cord of wood and i chunked that cord of wood at it as hard as i could and uh it didn't it didn't pull it down it didn't pull past it i chunked it out of it a couple times and it did all right I just want to let y'all know, it's, it's called a, a rough stuff cargo net. I think it was about 80 bucks or so. But uh, definitely worth it to prevent something from hitting me in the back of the head. 
All right, guys. I hope y'all are having a good day and being safe out there. I'll holler at y'all later. Yeah, I've got something like that. I don't think it's the same name brand. I've got something like that in mind. Yeah, uh, and they they are really really nice. Uh, I'll just mention because I haven't done it to mine yet. You do need to make sure it's secured properly at all four points. Uh, the upper two points are, are just like what he was talking about under the Torx bolts bolts for the uh, the rear seat belts. So I'm I'm okay with that one. But the lower ones, uh, I've got I forget where I tied it to, but it's not as substantial. And I I need to get some big ass bolts and some large uh, washers at least in there, uh, so that I can, uh, if nothing else, it'll pull the, the floor out of the Jeep before it'll, uh, hmm. let something through. But yeah, that's a really good idea. Um, I don't know, Tammy, you don't have a bunch of stuff in the back of yours that you might uh, get hit in the back of the head with, do you? I, I don't know if, a, a if, a, a cargo net would help you help keep you. Yeah, uh, actually when I do go off-roading, my air compressor is back there. My toolbox is back there. And when they're, when I do go off-roading, I, you know, tie them down and stuff with, like, bungee cords and stuff. Um, but everything else is in the molly bags now. Well, what would happen if you were on-road and uh, you were involved in an accident or a rollover? Isn't it just as important to have that stuff tied down when you're on-road? Oh, I don't, I don't have my toolbox and my air compressor with me when I'm gotcha. going. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, but that's something you guys might want to consider that just because you're not off-road, it doesn't mean you... Uh, right. Don't want to tie things down. Yeah, right. Exactly. Totally. All right. Well, let's get over to Juliet Johnny. If I can find my mouse pointer. There it is. Hey, it's Juliet Johnny. Uh, winter's coming and mm-hmm. it's here. It seems to be here. It got below freezing today. The renegade was throwing warnings on the, the, I don't even know what to call it. I would have called it the speedometer if it was a Cherokee, but uh, now they have a little LCD screen, which gives you all kinds of information. And uh, tire pressure was low. It's it's due to the aluminum rims. Uh, they seem to leak air when it gets cold. Uh, I figured out you actually need a tire gauge because I, I can't figure out how quickly that thing updates. But, uh, yeah, don't, don't use that as your tire gauge. Totally uh, not. It, it, it's, it, it took me about 10 minutes to figure that out. All right. Uh, keep up the good work and, uh, go Jeep. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, it's funny that he mentioned that cause on my way back from Roush Creek the last time, after I um, aired up my tires and I was driving back, it probably took, because um, it's a three-hour ride, it probably took two and a half hours before my low-pressure tire light went off and all my levels went um, to what they were when I took the, um, the readings from the actual tire. Um, cause on my dash, I, it tells me what each tire level is at Right. and it took like I'm curious two and a half hours for it to kick in. common thing with, with the tire pressure monitoring systems in Jeeps, if it, if it takes a long time for that to, to update and whatnot, I'm curious to see how often that, that signal is being monitored or how often that signal is being sent. I mean, those things are completely self-contained. They don't receive power from the vehicle or anything like that. So it is a wireless transmission um, that is done. And so 
you know, I'm sure that those things aren't, you know, sending out a signal 30 times a second. Oh, you it wouldn't think so. It might be once an hour. Yeah, I think there's, there's actually batteries in the units that are inside yeah. the tires. Yeah, exactly. And the numbers are like two points off compared to um, the my tire pressure gauge, my digital one. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of fluctuation. I mean, there's got to be some degree of data loss. I don't know how accurate those things are to begin with. I mean, it, I think they're more or less meant to give you a rough idea of where right. you're at. You know, one or two, three pounds difference, that's probably not going to really be the end of the world for you. Right. You start seeing five or ten pounds, well, then that's, yeah, that's clearly something you want to address. Yep. Well, that's interesting. I thought about getting a uh, a tire pressure monitoring system for for my Jeep a while back. I thought that would be really neat uh, to have, but um, there was no easy way to install that where it looked decent. You know, like I think mm. the one I had uh, looked at was... Uh, you put it on the uh, the top of the steering column, and uh, it should be okay. But I mean, how often do you have to worry about tire pressure? Yeah, um, you know. So, yeah, it was it was fun to think about. All right, well, let's get to one more Johnny Juliet. That's funny. I had a conversation uh-huh. with my wife today about Uh-oh. selling the Lancer. She's she's that part like car. But uh, she's uh, she's actually suggested we buy another Jeep, yeah. which is pretty with the 99XJ and the 2015 Renegade. Uh, she wants a Grand Cherokee. Uh, she really likes the WJ. Her dad had one. Uh, it got hit by a dump truck and crash. Uh, so I'm looking for a WJ. Uh, in opinion. That's here for them. Oh, my goodness. All right. A little uh, choppy chop there. All right, Juliet Johnny, next time you call, don't do it from the basement. <laughs> <laughs> or prison. Yeah, right. <laughs> they have to sneak Step those. outside of the NSA building before making the call. They, okay. have, to, they have to sneak those cell phones in uh, covertly, let's say. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right. Well, we really appreciate the calls, and good luck on that, uh, that Grand Cherokee. Yeah. I think he was asking for suggestions, but I'm not really sure. It was kind of hard to keep up with. Did, hey, did, did y'all the, pick if, up on it? If the significant other wants you to buy a Jeep, <laughs> hey, that's a green light in my book. Go for it. <laughs> Let the back rubs begin. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of Jeeps, guys, did you know you can add one, two, or even three more passenger seats to your Jeep's cargo space? Little passenger seats, custom builds, and upholsters, passenger seating to match your vehicle's upholstery and ships the seat to your front door with a vehicle-specific mounting system. Doesn't get any easier than that, does it? The easy-to-do-it-yourself kit safely and easily increases your seating capacity in as little as two hours. Each little seat passenger seat is made to your specifications to meet the specific transportation needs of your growing family. Each seat includes seat belts mounted to the seat and designed to be easily removed if you need to use your cargo space. Little Passenger Seats offers seating for over 50 different popular SUV models, including most Grand Cherokees, 1984 to 2001 Cherokees, Wrangler Unlimiteds, the good old Wagoneers, and even the Liberties. Whether you are in the market for a new car or you're trying to keep the vehicle that you love, well, Little Pasture Seats gives you more family options or gives your family more options. So don't get rid of your Jeep quite yet, guys. Just, just to get a <laughs> minivan for more seating, please give them a call at 1-800-252-9989 or visit the website at littlepassengerseats.com to find out more. Hey, attention all Jeep lovers out there. Our Jeeps aren't made to just look cool. They're made to get used. Let me ask you, 
How can you get the most out of your Jeep if your lights are worthless? Let me tell you about a brand that will keep it, keep the night lit up. It's the guys over at Crawl Bright Performance Off-Road Lighting. They have the highest quality lights made from the top components in the industry. They use aircraft grade aluminum, a virtually unbreakable polycarbonate lens, and only the best name LEDs to give you the brightest light. These lights are 100% waterproof and backed by a three-year replacement guarantee. So, uh, Josh, talking about the uh, little passenger seats, uh, yeah. did, you, did you go over to their website? Did you see the, the video they have up there? In the, the Oh, I didn't, I didn't check out the video. I was looking at the, uh, the model options that they have yeah. and, and which vehicles uh, that, that fit in and all that sort of stuff. Well, I haven't been over there in, uh, in a, few, a few days, but the last time I was there, I saw the video from Jay Leno's Garage. Oh, cool was, stuff. Yeah, where he was talking about these uh, these little seats. These things are really, really neat. I mean, they look like factory seats, and uh, but they're just a little a little smaller and uh, seat belts and the whole nine yards. I just thought it was a really cool idea. Look at us in the same caliber as Jay Leno promoting products. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, guys, speaking of promotions, we're trying to increase the effectiveness of our promotions. We need your guys' help to do that. And we want you guys to take a survey really quick. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. You guys give us some very, 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 very personal information. No, I'm kidding. It's usually re- really rudimentary type of stuff, guys. And we're not going to sell it. We're not doing anything with it, but using it for our own marketing purposes. So, Please give us a help. Uh, give us a helping handout. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com, take a slash survey, answer a few questions for us. It'd really help us out. Thanks. So I guess we can call this our winter episode because uh, in tonight's sure. Jeep Cherokee from stock to wheeler, I want to talk to you about something we've talked about before. Toe points. Yeah, I know we've discussed it before. In fact, I think it was our first step in creating your wheeler. However, snow and ice are starting to appear in places across the U.S., not here, but other places, and I thought this would be a great time for a reminder. Toe points aren't just uh, important for wheeling. They are important in recovery of your Jeep when it slides off the road. I recently watched a Facebook Live uh, recovery of a capable Jeep JKU that simply could not get enough traction to make it out of the shallow ditch that it had slid into in tough winter conditions. I think it was up in Utah. Uh, too late to start thinking about a bumper with the, uh, with toe points. I know some of you guys don't like working on your, your Jeeps <laughs> in negative, uh, negative temperatures, and I guess I can't blame you. Uh, but you know, there's other ways you can do. You can, uh, uh, if you have a trailer hitch, uh, there's, a, uh, there's this kind of thing that goes in the two-inch receiver. You can buy this item. You just slide it into the receiver and attach a standard D-ring to it. I think, uh, and, and, and Josh, you correct me on this, but I think mm-hmm. most recoveries are uh, best from the rear anyway since you're going forward into something and you get stopped and you're going to get pulled back. So I think a, rear, uh, a rear-mounted uh, D-ring is probably a, a good thing. Now, I would be very cautious about this. You don't. You can pull somebody out using the axles, but it's dangerous because yeah, you can damage the Jeep while you're doing it. So if you don't have a trailer hitch, uh, I think you can make it better if you get, well, like a tree saver. They're like six foot long. They go around a tree. They're nylon, uh, and they have nice... Uh, heavy-duty uh, nylon hooks at, at the end or, or places that you can put the uh, the winch through. 
that would help you minimize some of the damage uh, that maybe a cable would do or a cable on some of the brake lines and stuff on your axle. Uh, and, uh, but again, it's much better to have tow points. We do not recommend that you, you, uh, recover or have your vehicle recover from the axle, but it can be done, but at least get you a tree saver, throw it in the back of your vehicle. And then whenever you do get a winch, <laughs> you'll have the tree saver already. There you go. So, uh, but, but remember this too, <clears throat> and make sure that the person that's pulling you out is very clear on this. If you are using the axle method, slow and steady pull, no jerking. Mm-mm. Again, we do not recommend that you get pulled out by the axles, but it is a possibility, but there is also a possibility of damaging your Jeep suspension. All right. So, uh, I, I think I covered enough of that. I, I mean, uh, we gotta be realistic. You know, you're not going to leave your Jeep in there simply because you don't have uh, proper tow points. So, uh, I mean, you could always call a wrecker if you want to do that. And then, uh, they'll, uh, They'll find a way to, to get you out of there without damaging the vehicle, more than likely. So anyway, where did that go wrong? Let me know uh, or add what I've said uh, or add to what I've already said at jeeptalkforum.com. And of course, you can email me at info at jeeptalkshow.com. Just put in uh, stock uh, wheeler to, what is it? Stock to wheeler. Yeah, stock to wheeler segment. And then the, uh, the uh, subject line of uh, your email. <clears throat> Hey folks, now it's time for something we look forward to each and every week. And this person's also in the chat room. Um, that's hearing from the mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. <laughs> hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, first off, I'd like to wish everybody happy Thanksgiving. Uh, unless, of course, you're not in the U.S., I'd like to wish you a uh, happy same day as every other day. Yeah. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, today you were planning on doing your Christmas wish list. We did. Program. And uh, yep. I've got a few suggestions for the women out there on a uh, good gift for their man. <laughs> what could possibly go <laughs> wrong? Yeah, tools were always nice. <laughs> but what we really like is uh, 20 minutes of uninterrupted time in the bathroom. Wow. Yeah, we're not doing so in there what you think we're doing in there. There's a reason why you don't see men <laughs> read instruction manuals. Because we lock ourselves in the bathroom behind closed doors and read it. So uh, if you want your bookcase built correctly this year, uh, just leave us alone for 20 minutes. And if you knock on the door to check on us, just get and start the clock all over again because we probably just lost our place in the page. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys and girls, I will uh, chat you later. And you have a good one. Bye. Well, we hope you had a good Thanksgiving as well. But, of course, I know... uh uh, you couldn't have any uh, anything other than that, uh, Nikki G. I'm sure you keep the family entertained over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, smart by smart uh, <laughs> by being very smart about getting kicked out of all the uh, major stores means you don't have to go buy the turkey. You just have to sit at home and wait. All right, let's get over to one more Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And when I'm in Mexico, I turn around and hightail it back to the states where I can listen to the Jeep Talk Show, which used to be the XJ Talk Show which is a member of the 4x4 radio network. Not to be confused with the 4x4 podcast, which is also on the 4x4 radio (laughs) network. Along with Center Steer, which is English, but produced in the United States. And uh, the occasional Trail Chaser, which uh, encourages encourages you to get out and chase your adventure. 
Unless your adventure is sitting on a couch eating a hoagie, then I guess they discourage it. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. Never get one. Bye. <laughs> it's a mouthful saying some of those things. You're so close together. <laughs> All right, let's get over to some uh, must-have stuff for your Jeep. This is uh, some items, guys, that we've picked out that are, well, we think might be uh, must-haves for the back of your Jeep or somewhere on your Jeep, at least. Um, we've got some really cool things here. What do we, who's up first? Well, I'll go first because I have found the coolest thing ever. Uh-oh. I so wish I would have thought of this. Now, do you guys get tired of your phone dropping between the seat and the center console? Well, I do. I'm constantly losing stuff to the seat gap. Now, as I was scrolling through Facebook um, earlier last week, I saw this advertisement that caught my eye. And normally I just like scroll right through them. But I saw this and I'm like, oh, my God. So I bought this and I love it. It's called the uh, a seat gap. I don't know what it's called. I forget what it's called. <laughs> what is it called? It's a gap filler. Gap filler. Thank you. And anyway, this Basically. is it. It is amazing. You can get two of them for $22 and you put it in between your seat and the console. And what this does is you can put your phone in here, your wallet in here. That way you don't have to sit on your wallet. You can put your comb in here, um, your chapstick. Anyway, the gap filler prevents dropping items in between your seat and the console and it keeps you from getting distracted while you're driving, while you're looking for your phone. It's full leather wrapped. It's super easy to clean and um, it's flexible, but it's really sturdy. And it fits between the space of like a half inch to two inches. And it's really easy to install. You just bloop, plop it in. And it's full satisfaction guaranteed, which I got full satisfaction out of mine. And it's a one year warranty. And it gives you additional storage, which we all love to have in our Jeeps um, for, like I said, things, your glasses, tissue, whatever. Anyway, I really suggest getting this because it's awesome. Do they have uh, some that have uh, fit glocks and uh, maybe? Uh... <laughs> I, you know what? I bet you that I was thinking about you, Tony, when I put this in. I'm like, Tony could probably put his gun in there. <laughs> I think you could. Yeah, I'm sure you could. He has more than one, people. <laughs> well, there's plenty of room. You can put, you know, one on the between the passenger and the console and the driver and the console. So you could have lots of them in there. Now, I know this isn't Wait. a problem for you, Tammy, but, uh, you know, when the man pulls you over, it's not as easy to drop things down between the seats. <laughs> well, this is a problem for me because I've got one of those George Costanza wallets that's oh, like yeah. four and a half inches thick. And wow. uh, yeah, I, so I don't sit on that. I, it, it usually goes into the center console or cup holder or something like that. But, you know, I wear hoodies a lot. I wear out, out here really? in the Northwest and it, it, it's cold out here. I, you know, I'm not in the studio, obviously, but but I wear hoodies a lot. And so that center so pocket usually, pocket, um, yeah. I usually have something in it from my phone to a key to, you know, whatever. And so oftentimes that or whatever's in my pockets often will get, you know, Right in between the seats. I can't tell you how many times I've had to go diving underneath the Jeep seat uh-huh. or the seat in the Honda looking for my jump drive because I have no idea where it went. So these things are definitely cool. If you're like me and you got stuff that's always falling out of your pockets, I mean, come on, 22 bucks for two of these things. Yeah, that's it. That's not bad. They are really nicely made too. Nice stitching and I, I love them. What colors are available? Um, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> I... 
I don't, rem- I, you know, I don't remember. I want to say there was a red one. <laughs> there I'm for an instant, to- she was. She didn't get it for an instant, and then they went, "Oh, no, here we go." No, yep. <laughs> black and red. Oh yes. Oh, no, it's black oh, and brown. Oh. The brown looks kind of reddish. <laughs> so it's not really red. So sorry. Black and brown. That's all right. Brown. I said that like I'm from Minnesota. Brown. Eh, interesting. Oh, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking just, about the Cowboys. You know, you know just Vikings. that thing in the notes, you know. Whatever. Hey, mind on the show, not the I football game. Football <laughs> He's looking over. I know. Stink. Anyway, sign language from people off, off, off stage. You know, what's hey, the folks, score? You know, while you're wa- watching or listening to our show, pop over to JeepTalkShow.com/survey and take a moment to take our survey. It would really help us out. That was nice and short. I like that. Mm-hmm. JeepTalkShow.com slash survey. Well, we're running uh, we're running a little long, long tonight, uh, thanks to our great discussions. But they were oh, good yeah. technical discussions, which I think is a good reason for being here. But let's uh, jump on over to Wheeling Where. I'll finish it up with this, guys. We got a benefit honoring uh, SAPD Detective Benjamin Marconi. Uh, Saturday, December 3rd, between 1230 and 730. It's all happening at the Slave Ranch Off-Road Park in San Antonio, Texas. Entry fees are between $10 and $20, depending on which vehicle you show up with or how many vehicles you show up with. All proceeds are going to be going to the Marconi family and uh, for their time of need. All makes and models of 4x4s are welcome, along with dirt bikes, ATVs, side-by-sides, and, of course, buggies. Uh, I don't have a website for this, guys. I'm I'm pretty sure they have a Facebook page Mm -hmm. or something uh, set up. I know this is going to be kind of late notice uh, for a lot of you guys out there, but, uh, yeah, if uh, if you can out there, uh, help them out, you know, whatever. Um, We have also the Lynn Benton Jeep Club um, is presenting their annual Jeeps for Joy. It's happening December 10th down at Mark Thomas Motors in Albany, Oregon. All day long, guys. They're going to be down there from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. I'm even going to try and make it down there. I'm going to bring some toys as well. We're going to try and help fill up some Jeeps with toys. I'm talking to the brim with new or unwrapped toys for underprivileged kids, guys. These guys are doing some great work down there. Um, All this stuff is going to be staying extremely local. They're going to be helping out the underprivileged families in the area. So if you can help them out, that'd be great. Check them out on their Facebook page or uh, find out how you can get involved directly. Call 541-788-7634. I do have permission to give out that phone number. So if you guys (laughs) want to get involved in a really good cause, um, let's let's help these people out. San Antonio, that's close by. Just, uh, I remember we we went to San Antonio one time to go eat at IHOP. Yeah, there was an IHOP here locally. It was just a fun drive to go over there. I was going to say, man, you must really want a pancake. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so if you're watching this on YouTube, we want you to know the Jeep Talk Show is also available in audio, audio-only audio format. Great to listen to while commuting or while working on your Jeep. Subscribe via iTunes, tuned in, Google Play, or iHeartRadio and never miss an episode. Speaking of subscribing, you can now subscribe with your money. Yes, you can contribute directly to the show via PayPal. Just go to our jeeptalkshow.com website and look for the little orange button that says subscribe. You can select from 25 cents a week up to $1. Your account will be charged weekly. Cancel at any time. Even if you don't subscribe, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show. Did you know it can take up to four days for your favorite podcast episode to show up on Apple iTunes? (gasps) It's true. Apple iTunes is a great free service, and we appreciate Apple for all their hard work. But we want our listeners to get the Jeep Talk Show as quickly as possible. 
That's why we are recommending that all of you iTunes users subscribe to our podcast. It's no multi-day delay. You'll get the newest episode much quicker. Open up iTunes, search for Jeep Talk Show, hit the subscribe button, and never miss a great, funny, informative episode podcast again. That's right, guys. If you don't want to miss what we're uh, releasing out on YouTube, well, that's pretty much the platform that we are broadcasting this show live every Thursday, 10 p.m. Central on. You guys need to subscribe. Head over to YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. And uh, guys, we're trying to get as many subscribers as we can. So tell a friend. So if you'd like to join the Jeep Talk Show team, we'd love to have you. We're looking for volunteers to manage our vast social media presence on the web. You can be part of the Jeep Talk Show social media voice. Send an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com to find out more. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Wherever you're wheeling, if you if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's see our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly and stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. <laughs> hey, folks. Um, if you want to follow me on my Jeep journey and follow my happenings with my Jeep, you can go over to www.jeepmama.com. And hey, guys, I'm going to be doing some updates to my voiceover site. Go check it out this weekend. Head over to thevoiceofjosh.com. You guys have a great Jeep week. We'll see you Tuesday for our Jeep Talk call-in show. Then again next Thursday for more Jeep Talk show fun. We have got to get a promo for the Jeep Talk Colin show to put in. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys were just going to be doing live reads to promote that. I'm, well, I think Tammy wanted to do a uh, like a commercial thing so oh. that we could play. But we actually, if we don't get that, we still we need to plug it more. That's we true. Need to, we should. I should actually put that in. I know the, we plugged um, the we plugged the survey three times. You didn't plug your guys's uh, Colin show know. once. And then the uh, uh, I had a lot of personal questions about the eight point eight because I'd read stuff about the the spacers and I always looked like I always thought well that sucks I mean yeah it's strong and everything but you got to buy these spacers and I don't care how many people tell me I just don't like spacers I think it's a bad idea and it's just something um, yeah I don't I don't like it that's why I was going yeah just you know eat that up eat that you know three quarters of an inch on each side with a little bit more backspacing. Well, I like the way you uh, you you mentioned that was it. It may be an inch and a half, but you have to split it because that's right. You know, a little on either side, so that, that mm-hmm. it's not as bad. And I probably, if they make a half inch spacer, I could probably I could probably live with a half inch spacer. Now, uh, unfortunately, I don't even know if they make one inch uh, for the Jeeps because the the you you got to get um, a what are they called? A lug centric lug into that spacer. Mm -hmm. And it has to be fully recessed because then that creates a new mounting surface for the back of the wheel. And so, you know, you'd be relying on a less than a half inch thick nut to hold all of that shear force of the wheel and everything else onto that mounting. It's just like, they, they do that for cars. And, and I see, I, I see guys running, I mean, as little as quarter inch spacers on, on some vehicles just to get a little bit of an, of a different stance. And, and it's the worst thing in the world because mm-hmm. I mean, one, a lot of them are only hub centric, if any at all, um, at, at that, or you get into, into, um, using such small hardware that, you know, it's it just, it, it becomes a risk. Yeah. So I don't know. 
Well, that's the way I look at the at the uh, the spacers anyway. It's a risk, mm-hmm. yeah. and and you're putting your uh, and you're putting more torque on your bearings, whether it be the the yeah. front or the rear. And uh, I just I just don't like it. So, mm. yeah, 